Welcome to Glass Talk, Canada's podcast for the architectural glass industry. Now here's your host, Patrick Flannery. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, here we are on Glass Talk with uh, Brian Hansen. Brian Hansen is the uh, marketing director for Specialty Fenestration Group, and he's going to uh, tell us uh, all about himself and uh, and 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 what they do. I've got uh, Brian on though today uh, for a for a specific mission. Um, we're going to be talking a bit about uh, security glass and uh, and security glazing, uh, 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 bullet resistant glazing um it, it well probably lots of different subtopics inside of that uh not something we've gotten into in a in a in a, in a big way before uh you know here here in Canada we don't uh, or at least traditionally have not been as as concerned about that haven't got as many uh requests and bid proposals for that kind of thing not that it, it never happens but it just hasn't been as big a deal uh but i think everyone's sense would be that it's becoming a bigger deal uh and that uh we're going to be uh we're going to be looking and, and hearing about more and more of this kind of thing uh, as we as we go forward with our uh, especially our city projects, so uh, want to welcome uh, Brian. How you doing today? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me, Patrick. It's, yeah. it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's great. It's 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 really great to have you on. Uh, our uh, our good friend Rich Pareko, uh, I think, set this up. He's a he's a buddy of yours out there in BC. Where are you coming to uh, from to us today, Brian? Uh, so I'm actually based, I'm just out of Washington, D.C. today, um, yeah. here visiting our office for U.S. bulletproofing, um, but I'm typically, I'm based out of Vancouver, B.C., Canada. Washington, very cool, very cool. I got uh, I got stuck there uh, last year uh, uh, at a conference and, uh, and and had to drive back. They, it was COVID canceled all the flights on a Reagan, and, and I had to take a seven-hour drive back to Buffalo to find my, uh, find, well, it was actually my colleague's car. Thankfully, she had parked there at the airport. Anyways, it's a long story, but uh, that was <laughs> again. I'm 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 wandering off in different directions. So that's my most recent memory of Washington. But uh, that's pretty cool. You're in the you're in the the, the heart of it all down there. Um, I certainly have my stories to share during COVID uh, and some of the tribulation. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, and 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 very much the heart of the need for security glazing. Uh, I would say yes. pretty, that's got to be uh, ground zero globally for. Uh, demand for for security glass maybe we'll maybe we'll get into that but uh anyways uh, brian before I, I i take us completely off into the woods here uh let's uh let's uh, find out a bit about you and uh specialty fenestration group give me the uh the big fyi on 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 yourself and how you got into this and uh and and all about the group Sure, absolutely. Uh, so I'm the marketing director for a specialty fenestration group, and we're a group of manufacturers focused on specialty projects uh, in the fenestration and building construction. Uh, and so the the specialty fenestration group is the umbrella company, but the two customer brands, uh, consumer-facing brands, are QuickServe, which is the market leader for pass-through and transaction systems, such as our bread and butter and how the company was founded was drive-through windows, um, and our sister company, which is U.S. Bulletproofing, which we do high-level security uh, window and door systems that protect from ballistics, blast, storm impact, and forced entry. Uh, and so I, I actually came to work for these companies um, through a company called EasyServe. And so uh, I work there working on the sales and marketing aspect, and we are the leading supplier for transaction systems, drive-through windows um, for all the big fast food restaurants like McDonald's and Wendy's in Canada. 
Um, and then back in 2018, we were acquired by QuickServe. Um, and so that's that's how I came to be working and directing the marketing for both of these companies today. That's a pretty sexy little business niche, eh? Uh, Drive-through windows yeah. for uh, for everybody. That's just kind of that's just kind of the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Is I I love meeting new people who who may have not heard the brand, or we get on a lot of calls with people and. They think quick serve, quick serve. Why do I know that name? Yeah. And then we'll tell them next time you go through a fast food restaurant, look look at the window where they're serving your food, and just look at the bottom, and you'll see our tag on the bottom, quick serve. And, and then the next time we have you know a, a meeting or a call with them, uh, the very first thing before they even say hello, they'll jump in the call like, I saw your window. <laughs> I saw it. I saw it at the McDonald's or the Chick Fil A or the or the Burger King. You, um, you know what? If everyone listening to this is like me, they'll be having this weird subliminal effect of, you know, I, you know, now that you mention it, I think, I think I have seen that thing there. And now, yeah. and now I'm definitely going to look for it next time I go through. That's and it's, and it's so niche, right? I mean, yeah. and I would have never thought before I joined the industry, you know, on the quick serve side, um, who would have ever thought that, that there's a company that specializes in making transaction systems and drive through windows, um, but there's, you know, and there's only a handful of companies that, that do it. Um, we're one of only two really uh, big players in the market, yeah. um, but we supply to 90% of the big fast food restaurants out there. Um, but the, you know, it, when I got into it, I was thinking like, how complex can a window system really be? And there, there's more nuances to it than I would have imagined when I jo joined the business. That's for sure. <laughs> I bet. I bet. So you guess yeah, so you've got to, you've got to make that, you've got to make that frame that comes out of the building a little bit. Uh, there's often mm -hmm. sort of a, um, there's often sort of a flat area. Well, there's like a bigger sill, uh, in there, maybe as a necessity for the frame, but there's often sort of a bigger sill, uh, that, um, you know, you, they need to probably put the food on and stuff in order to, in order to get there. Uh, yes. and, and, and then obviously you need the control system that opens and closes, uh, the window. Right. So, so you've got all that yes. going on. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, and yeah, the the window you're referring to, and that's always the first image a lot of people get is that window that sticks out from the side of the building. And that design actually started back in the 70s, which is when drive through windows really took off. I'm, I'm really kind of jumping back in the history of windows. Cool. Um, but they started designing them that way because they wanted people to easily identify that they offer drive through service. And so the, the design of those kinds of models sticking out from the building was for that purpose. So when people are driving by, they could easily identify like oh they offer drive-through service oh. um and they would know that it was available and then it that model became popular because it had um a very large uh table that you could set your orders upon so if you know like tim horton for example like they need a large space because any as any canadian knows uh, how incredibly busy tim hortons is yeah um they do a, a very very high volume of business and so you have to be in order to expedite their delivery of service and their throughput uh they want to have that large space either to have you know, all the condiments there or to prepare all the orders coming up um down the line yeah 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 and then and then and then you got people running into those jutting out uh uh windows and everybody had to put in the barriers the traffic barriers yes people from slamming their rear view you're, mirror into it Patrick you're you're already a professional in the industry whenever <laughs> someone now whenever someone is is inquiring about like they want to have one of those windows that sticks out the first thing I tell them like you have to make sure you install a bowler yeah <laughs> yeah and it does and and this will relate 
to to the audience, you know, today because um, especially if we ever get to it, that's my fault. <laughs> yeah, like construction ahead, trucks, yeah. engraving trucks. A lot of times they'll have their ladder sticking up the side. Yes, and that's and they'll 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 ping the these windows. Yep, as they're driving through, so it's it's pretty common actually. It's a yeah, common... <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Okay, that's 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 drive that's drive through windows, and that could be a topic for a, for a for a whole other day. I'm sensing because that seems a uh, uh, pretty well. I guess I guess just to just to uh, uh, do the natural segue from that. Do they usually want security glass on the on the uh, on the drive through window? That seems like a a perfect opportunity for some idiot to, to start popping off a gun or something if he's trying to rob the place or something. Although that's kind of hard from your car, but you know what I'm saying, right? I mean, do they, no, do they I, want security I, glass? Unfortunately, it, unfortunately, it has happened, and so we build we do build windows where we have security glazing and ballistic glazing on them. Um, we've actually had customers that have had employees severely injured because mm. of either a misfire or someone directly, you know, trying to um, break into a building. And so, um, and, and at the time the window wasn't ballistic rated when they replaced the window, they made sure that because it's a high crime area, they ordered a window that had ballistic glass on it as well. Right. Um, so, so we do run into that uh, from time to time, right. uh, not as, as much in the Canadian market as, as you right. can imagine. So more so in the United States, mm. um, but it definitely is a concern. Yeah, you know, as you mentioned, security is is growing everywhere, um, yeah. and people looking to fortify and provide not only protection from people in the buildings, but also the, the property and their assets as well. So, yeah, you know, in Canada, when you don't have a gun, it's kind of hard to threaten somebody behind a drive-through window with a broom handle. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't really work. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah, listen. If you're gonna make references, though, in Canada, it has to be a hockey stick. Though. No, <laughs> hockey stick. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It would be. <laughs> give me all your money, or I'm gonna whack you. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a four right. check. I'm gonna give you a four check. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that is not a thing. Okay, so listen. Let's get serious here. We're, we're the 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 um. Tell us what we're talking about when we when we use the term security glass, when we use the terms bulletproof glass. Brian, what 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 are in your mind, what what do those categories mean? What what kind of glass are we talking about? What are what are the characteristics? So there's a couple points to hit on that. Um to to, to kind of go through. There's no such thing as just um like in, this is kind of along the same lines of talking about like bulletproof and just ballistic glass is there's no definitive line that says like non-ballistic and ballistic so um bulletproof is is primarily really a marketing term uh and it's it's a because because anything has its breaking point whether it's the glazing or the framing system um when i think of bulletproof the first image that i always comes to mind in my head because there's nothing on really on earth that's impenetrable right everything has a breaking point i always think of superman no matter what you hit it with hmm. it's it's always everything bounces off it so right. really there's nothing bulletproof so when you think about ballistic protection um there's different levels of protection that fall under that and there's standards that that depict um how you determine what level of protection is required so the most common rating we'll get in this a little bit later is ul 752 um and there's 10 different levels of ballistics ratings and depending on really the application and the type of protection you require will determine like what glazing is required as well 
and, and the type of glavings that are available, it could be something like a plastic, such as a, an acrylic or a polycarbonate, which are more used for your interior applications, uh, like a transaction systems, um, which we, you know, we may use for some of our reception windows or what we call like our, like a pharmacy window. Um, or you get in something that's um, glass clad polycarbonate, which is a combination of glass and polycarbonate as well, which is quite a popular option. Mm. Um, and, and then you have your all glass option, which is completely glass, but basically you have thicker levels to protect from the increasing levels of, of security threat that you're trying to protect from. Okay, so so give me that. So without going through all ten levels, let's say yes. what what would a level one be? What 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 kind of glass would we be talking about there? So the the other thing that um, just to clarify too, like they call them levels, but that doesn't necessarily mean that each level provides an increasing level of oh, protection oh, either. Oh, oh, so oh. the the different aspects that determines the different levels is uh, the type of weapon the size of the ammunition, the velocity of the ammunition, and the number of shots. So just to break it down really, you know, um, to make it like simple and straightforward without going through the specifics, you're really, you're, you all simply to your levels one through three is the type of protection that protects against handguns. And then when you get up through like four through eight, which are, are quite common, or even your nine through 10, um, are your protection from your high power rifles. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and then when you get yeah, to level and, 10, we're talking what grenade launchers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and then there's also a shotgun rating as well. Yeah. Yeah. See that, that would be the heavy one. Yeah. You'd need that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's so yeah, there's, there's very specific, um, like I said, like type of ammunition, the type of weapon and the velocity will determine like what those levels are. And really you're kind of based on how are you using it, where it's being used, or even in the region where you're, you're doing the project may determine like what's the appropriate protection level that you're going to require. Right. Right. So. Right. Right. In, in Afghanistan, you need your AK 47 protection. Right. Whatever, <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Whatever that is, would that be a level 10 or would that, uh, I guess that's no worse than a high-powered rifle in terms of the individual. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, that would be on your high-powered rifle. That would be like a, a level eight. Wow, cool. It, stuff. It'd probably be appropriate. So, okay. So, sorry. Take so take me back. So, in terms of the in terms of the composition, then we're talking about. Uh, it, it in some cases it's just thicker glass, uh, maybe more glass. In some cases, it's uh, it's it's this uh, polycarbonate mix. That would would that be like a laminate, or is this or is this too yes, or is this too paint? That that's a laminate. Okay, so 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 uh, uh, some kind of very strong lamy uh, in there, um, and then uh, and then sorry, what was the last one you made? I think you said three different sort of ways to come at this. That there was another. So there's all glass, which is just purely glass. Yeah. And then you'll have a uh, glass clad polycarbonate, which is a combination of polycarbonate. It's basically polycarbonate sandwiched between a piece of glass on the interior and exterior. Right. Um, and so what that does is because each offers its own set of, of benefits and drawbacks. So um, like a glass clad polycarbonate is a, is a good option in some applications because polycarbonate is, is a great plastic material because it's a little bit softer and it'll absorb or catch the bullet when it's hit. Right. Um, but it does have its weaknesses where that, it, you know, for example, if you're using a plastic like that, if it's exposed to 
something like Windex, which is basically, or a glass cleaner, a, a common household cleaner, it can cause something called crazing, um, which looks like fragments or cracks in the glass. So that's one of the reasons, like you go with a glass cloud carbonate with the glass on the exterior um, to protect from that. And also it just gives you a, a bit of a nicer finish as well in terms of aesthetics. I think I've seen that on um, like ATM enclosures uh, back when they used to bother with those. Um, the, the, oh, yeah. the glass, the glass would sometimes, well, it looked like glass, but I mean, whatever it was would, would, would be, you know, it would have kind of a spider web look on it uh, or, or be very, and I don't think it was it, not from impact, but, but, but it, it would, you know, some, some sort of discoloration had occurred uh obviously yes. and and okay so you're saying that maybe that that's because you're using uh regular cleaners on on this on this polycarbonate yeah it it, it could be it could be yeah. very much that there's some kind of um inappropriate chemical cleaner that's been used on it sometimes what happens too is the over time um if it's exposed to directly to sun um it may yeah. cause damage to the laminate as well yeah. Because it from deteriorating the material between the, the laminate and the glass as well. So there's a few different ways it can happen. But crazing is one of the things that's really popular talked about. Because if you had, let's say, an, an application like a reception window where you're using an acrylic or a polycarbonate and no one knows any better, right? It looks like glass. So someone might use your common household cleaner, like a, wind, uh, a glass cleaner on it. It can cause severe deterioration of, of the glazing on that product. Does that actually weaken the protective uh, capacity or is it just a really a, eh? so it's, it's not yes. just a, a, an aesthetic thing. No, it's not just an aesthetics. Yeah. It, it gets it brittle. The fabric. It gets brittle and, and yeah, sometimes it'll even yellow. Uh, I know. And, and uh, that's another downside to sometimes using a solution that it can, it can yellow as well over time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've seen, I've seen that one too. Interesting. So really, the solution to that is to have uh, is to have a glass clad, right? Have have glass over it, and not not just plexiglass or polycarbonate or whatever uh, there. And then and then what you guys would provide? It sounds like it's not really a a traditional lamy in the in 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 where the um, the substrate is it, it, it is adhered to the glass, and then and then the other pane is put on, and it's really um, it's really uh, like it almost becomes part of the glass um mm -hmm. where it's, where it's where where the sandwich is very thin uh and it's and it's it's almost and you almost end up with a singular glass pane by the time you're done with the adhesion process and the and the uh and and the and the tempering and everything um the um uh is yours more of a thicker layer that would go between uh it, it, again it, it depends on where it's being used what the level of protection is if hmm. you know if it's you also do if it's level one it would be it might be a little bit thinner if you get something into the high power rifles it's obviously usually going to get a little bit thicker right right um and then the the, uh, the other side i had mentioned is like if you go with an all glass well all glass isn't susceptible to some of that the, the crazing and the chemical attack or the yellowing um but those kind of systems can get can get heavier as well now, so, the protection so there's, there's, the there's really some pros and cons depending depending on numerous yeah. variables in, in terms of how you're using it. Yeah, you got to Yeah, you got to look at it. Ask your ask your professional provider. Um, the um, now the levels uh, uh, we're, we're 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 talking about guns here. Uh, let's say your worry is a is a hockey stick uh, or a baseball bat. <laughs> um, um, 
does that does that is that then something that that you're not even getting into the 10 levels or is that or maybe maybe i'm wrong about that maybe, maybe that's in some ways harder to practice with. or a vehicle running into it which i know is one thing a lot of uh a lot of places worry a little more about these days this seems to be a a fun trick some of the thieves have uh, at at the rental stores that I also talk to. Uh, uh, they like to drive their pickup truck right through the showroom window and uh, and and jump out and grab all the stuff inside. Now I don't imagine there's any glass, although I think I've seen videos of people trying that and it and it and it and it didn't work. Uh, so, anyways, how how does how does that how does how does other kinds of impact, other kinds of threats work uh, in this in this world? Yeah. So you. Um... I mean, so that would get into, that's kind of getting into more of your, your forced entry testing as well, as you know, as opposed to your ballista testing. If you're talking about like how it's going to withstand a, a direct entry, we have, um, we actually have high level security products that are tested to an entirely different standard that's set by the Department of State. And that's where we, we supply a lot of our products for government projects, including embassies around the world. Cool. And so we actually have we have videos that we we bring to our trade shows. You know, I, I actually love watching them myself. But um, there's a part of the testing that they do is called a 50 minute minute forced entry testing. And so we have videos of them doing on our doors and on our windows. And all they do is they have six guys with crowbars and pry bars, and they just go at it for 15 minutes as hard as they can to try and break through and awesome. penetrate through that glass. Um, I'll, I'll send you, yeah, I'll definitely send you a video so you can kind of check it out. Oh, we got to well. have links. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to throw yeah. some links to those in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, in the text for sure. Yeah. But I never, I never get tired of watching it whenever I'm at a trade show and I have that loop on, I'm always taking a minute to rewatch it. <laughs> like, dude, you're going to hurt yourself. My, <laughs> in the back of my head, I always think like two questions. I'm always thinking, okay, how do you get that job where all you do is just try and take an ax to glass all day? And then the other question I always think in my head is what kind of incentive do they provide these guys? Cause they, they go at it. Like you can tell they're out of breath and they're going at it with everything they have to try and break through. It makes me think that there must be some kind of incentive if they break through the other side, like there's some kind of bonus or something, which I, I don't think there is, but no. the way they go at it, you would think there, you, there must be right. No, they're just, they're just having fun, Brian. That, that that's all that's going on. They're, they're just, <laughs> They're just having too much fun trying to do this. Yeah. <laughs> either that, or either that, or they're all the they're all the lab coat types at the testing lab that they've just recruited to do this, and they can't get through the glass no, no matter what. I'm I'm, I'm thinking of uh, I'm thinking of Selma uh, over at UL. I, I don't I don't I don't think she'd <laughs> be able to get through. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be oh my oh that's that's awesome. Um, so that's so that's one of the ways. So that would be. Um, a difference then between so it is is that kind of resisting forced entry glass uh, significantly different than when you're uh, doing a ballistic glass or is it the same thing just no it can be the same so you can have the same layup of, of glass that's simultaneously yeah. providing uh, forced entry protection and also your your ballistic glass protection in fact we're one of the the few systems providers at us bulletproofing like we do complete systems with the framing and the glass and so what it does is we can simultaneously provide protection from ballistics blast uh forced entry and storm impact in, in all in one system yeah because it seems to me that once you get into resisting forced entry now you're thinking about the frame a lot more right because the, mm -hmm. the point there i mean with ballistics it's penetration and and making a hole in the glass 
that's your problem. But with the with the forced entry, you're trying to keep make sure the glass stays in the frame. Uh, you know, right. It's, right? So so I guess would that be accurate? I guess a lot more thought goes into the framing with a with a a forced entry application. Um, yeah, in some of the hardware as well, right? So you, mm. you definitely need to make sure that you have the appropriate framing, the hardware, because it has you have to consider the complete solution. And with ballistics, sometimes that is something that is is gets overlooked. Um, some people will try to have a ballistic system by using commercial glazing system and just swapping out the glass, but then you're not. It's not a complete solution because you're vulnerable in the framing, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. you can always shoot at the frame. I mean, in the common scenario, typically people, uh, a threat will often, if considering, you know, if they are trying to aim, they're going to aim at the glass. They're not going to try and aim at the frame. Yeah. Um, but if they're smart enough to do so and aim at the frame with that kind of system, um, it, it, they could certainly expose the vulnerable weakness in there. Huh. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it really comes down to like, you know, considering the, the entire system from the frame, this, the, the hardware and the, and the glazing as com one complete solution. So that's one element of the testing is guys with crowbars, mm -hmm. but we really are going to link to that video. That's going to be, that'll be funny. Uh, that That's, that's one way of testing it uh, on the ballistics. Uh, obviously what you get to shoot guns at it. So yeah. Yeah. So if you have a, a certified product, what they'll do is they'll take the, a lot of the, the glazing systems sometimes will come with um, certifies to a particular protection level rating. Um, there are different standards available. Like UL-72, I mentioned, is the most common, in particular, in the construction industry. Um, some government projects, they they refer to some, a standard called NIJ. Um, and then there are sometimes you run across European standards. But for the most part, uh, UL-72 is the most comprehensive and really most relevant in the construction industry. Um, and so, yeah, so the, the products themselves can be tested sometimes they can be certified by a third party or they're tested to meet those standards as well. Okay. Okay. And then, so for, for UL 72, are you actually shooting guns at the glass or do they have, like, uh, if you, or do they have like some kind of an impact? I mean, I've seen the, you know, the swinging hammer and stuff like that. I mean, but, but I mean, yes, for, they would be, yeah, they would be shooting, shooting um, bullets at the, at the glass of the system to, if they're, awesome. Completely getting the system certified. Yes, absolutely. Cool. And so, and there's also there's also a shot pattern as well that they need to comply to. So they have to be within a minimum distance of each other. If it's if there's multiple um, ballistics that need to hit the system um, to meet that rating, so it could be one shot or three shots or five shots. And so there is a certain also spacing that needs to occur with some of the stand testing that, as well. That's right. Because if you watch John Wick never just shoots once at the glass and then tries to <laughs> kick it out. I mean, there's always a pattern, you know, they always try to make a circle or, you know, shoot at a, shoot a bunch of times, you know, to really right. weaken it before you try to go through it. Exactly. And, and I mean, it's, you, you, I mean, you're not going to see someone who's going to try and aim at every different angle of the glazing, right? Typically, yeah. it's, they're firing at the same general area. Right, because they're a little excited. They're not really thinking, yeah. you know, carefully about this. Yeah, that, good, good. Oh, boy. And, and the testing is usually done like they're usually firing about 15 feet away from the frame system. So one of those things that you have to take keep in mind is like, yeah, there's obviously specific parameters for those testing that may not always be you know applicable in a real life scenario like a you know if someone's going to there's a threat let's say at a, at a bank and someone's driving a bank they're not going to like walk up to the 
glazing system and walk back 15 feet (laughs) (laughs) to recreate that testing right well they will if they're smart and they don't want a fragment in their eye but yeah but you know yeah so yeah and, and that's another consideration with that this testing which is why it's one of the preferred is they have something called spall that needs to be taken into consideration so when you're firing on glass there's there's going to be fragments that could come from the glass when it's shot and right. usually you see more of it on the what we call like the interior the threat side mm-hmm. um than you'd say on the secure side um and so that's another consideration in making sure that you have the appropriate system being used in appropriate glazing that's built for ballistic protection is you want something that's no spall because if you have something that has spall and it's it's hit quite significantly with bullets someone could injure themselves from the fragments of glass that come off either on this if someone's standing on the threat side or even the secure side as well oh yeah yeah so you have fragments spraying off of there and and now how how, how do you how do you even prevent that is that is that just with the right laminate in there so that's that's a inclusive as part of the testing so if you're if the glazing is certified to meet that uh, testing level, part of the testing will show basically what they do is they set up a piece of, um, I'm not sure exactly what the material is, like a, let's call it for the purpose of our conversation, a sheet of paper. Yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly on top of my head what it's made out of, um, but they'll set up just behind the glass. And when they fire at it, it'll see, you'll see how many fragments come off it. And any, any fragments go through it, then it's essentially a fail. Yeah, it's coming off too hard. Yep. Interesting. Exactly. Interesting. Um, what about uh, bombs? Uh, you guys do that too, right? We do. Yeah. So we do do um, b- uh, blast protection as well. Yeah. So that's obviously, you know, the first thing people always think of when they think of that is, you know, terrorist attacks of that of that type. Um, but also what you see too is is somewhere where like a commercial application or industrial application um, dealing with the oil and gas industry as well, right? So sometimes right. they need protective window and door system for those types of buildings too. Mm-hmm. Um, so with those, like, you know, the, one of the things that, between blast and ballistics is that ballistic, you, sometimes it's actually an even, uh, can be an actually stronger type of glazing because it's a very specific point of of attack on the glass right it's a specific right. point of uh impact whereas blast it's usually of course depending on what the standoff distance where the blast is taking place uh, you're taking on a larger impact and right. so with blast what's more of a more of a consideration is not just the glass but the system itself and how it's anchored and yep. basically, it has to be designed in such a way that it'll flex and absorb the impulse from that blast as well. Ah, ah. So it needs to be, yeah. it needs to actually be a little bendier. Uh, a little, a, a little bit, yeah. There has to be a little bit designed in such a way that there's a little bit of flex to absorb the blast. As cool. opposed to like, if you, because well, if it was built to be completely sturdy to absorb the glass, it, it, it's more likely it might fail as opposed to like being able to absorb and, uh, and contain. Yeah, or 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 peel out of the peel out of the framing, which you know you you could you could totally see. Um, is that uh, is that a UL seventy two thing still, or is that only the ballistic standard? What what's the blast standard? No, there would be there would be a different set of standards for that, um, depending on you know where the application is. So right. there is a different standard for blast when it comes to that we meet for for like the uh, Department of State that they that they need to conduct on the on the system as well. But mm-hmm. every 
it really depends on the application again. It's all variable. Basically, the two variables that they do need to consider, and any project where you're looking for blast protection, you we have in-house like blast engineers that we work with um, to determine you know how we need to design the product to provide the adequate level of protection. But you're looking at your charge load, which is basically you know the size of the explosion that's going to be take place, and then also your standoff distance. So the distance between where the explosion could take place and where the impact of the window and door systems are going to be. Right. Um, so those two variables will determine, you know, how the system needs to be designed to protect the building and the people inside. And then to test this, you're you're lighting off a bomb in a in a test lab somewhere. There could, yeah. So our systems that yeah they've been tested with you know with Department of State um, to make sure that they can withstand you know, their, their parameters for blast protection. Oh, they probably take all the fun away from you. Don't they, 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 they take the product, go, they go put it in a, in a Nevada test range somewhere by themselves. Right. Is that what they do? I mean, yeah, a lot of our, all of our testing is, is done by, you know, third party, third party yeah. agencies. We don't, we're not, we're not in front of our right back <laughs> of our warehouse um, testing it ourselves. Cause you want to look into party. that, look into that. Yeah. You guys, yeah, yeah. yeah. You get, you guys could be having way more fun over there, but <laughs> I mean that's not to say we haven't we haven't uh, done demonstrations, right? We've done uh -huh. demonstrations where we've tested um, the ballistic protection of our glass. In fact, we just partnered up um, a few months ago when we we're at the Texas Glass Association. We went out with the president of the Texas Glass Association and the National Glass Association, and our commercial sales director went out there, and they were shot some samples of glass just to show the effectiveness of those solutions work. Yes, I saw that. I think Rich was sending around some links to that or or Andrew Herring. It was probably Herring. Andrew Herring, yeah. Yeah, it was Herring. Was he shooting? Was he the guy shooting or one of he them? He was, yes. Yeah, I can yes. imagine. Yeah, perfect for Texas. I mean, that's that, you know, that's the glass <laughs> event you want to run in Texas. That's that, that that's great. Oh, that yeah, that 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 must have been a, that must have been a fun day and everybody must have been very frightened. But uh that's Yeah, it was a uh, yeah, I think they had quite a, quite a good time. And, but when they did the testing, I mean, they weren't just out there, um, you know, tooting, 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 shooting guns. Like they they no. they followed standard practices, policies to make you know safety protocols. And they weren't actually <laughs> on a horse. They were They didn't stay on the horse. They, no, they they, they had they did have to get, had off, to get the off the horse. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. I've got it's like just how we get off our polar bears. Yeah, yeah, that's around. right. That's that's right. We get off the snow machine and we, you know, very carefully aim. Yeah, I know. Just that's how that's how we do it here in Canada. Um <laughs> okay, so we've 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 touched on the standards. Um now I, I believe it or not, we have people listening to this that are that are nerdy enough to know what the standards are and and and, and be interested in that. Are you aware, uh Brian, of any changes coming up? to uh, 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 ballistic, blast, forced entry, any 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 of the major standards that you deal with. Um, I, I assume you you probably get the FYI from the committees and stuff like this at what they're looking at. Um, have you uh, have you heard of any changes coming up or is everything staying pretty much the same as far as you know? I I have not heard of any any changes okay. coming up. Um, I mean, there's different low, there's other types of standards that are being developed. For example, there's a an active shooter standard that is being kind of developed and enforced um, in the states for schools in terms of like how to have the right policies protocols in place to, to, 
the school market. Um, it, that's kind of the primary focus because that's the where you see most of those kinds of activities, right? Mm. Um, but in terms of like, yeah, the UL 52 and some of the ballistic standards are blast or um, I don't see any, yeah, any upcoming changes to those. The only one that um, I do believe that it's coming up in, a, I believe it's two years, there'll be a change to, a. there's a, a standard for storm impact and there'll be changes to that coming up in a few years. Um, so what that is, the FEMA, it, it's set up by, them in terms of like products that follow their their testing standards and so if you comply with those then those standards then you're also eligible for some grant funding for projects where you need to pro provide protection from tornadoes and hurricanes so oh. we're talking like very severe wait, wait. sometimes when we say storm impact people in their head are thinking like a turn you know like a thunderstorm yeah yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> this yeah. would be this would be more along the lines of like yeah a, a, a tornado so it's meant to protect up to wind speeds up to 250 miles per hour of that yeah, nature right there'd be more of that more so, of hurricane the hurricane standard that um you know I, well i think it, it started in florida and uh and i they, they use it they, they reference it sometimes on the east coast here uh mm -hmm. but um i don't think i don't think they even do it in bc really you guys have earthquakes not uh not 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 crazy hurricanes um and uh and yeah so i think that's so so some of some of your products would fit into that category though too like if you had a if you had a hurricane rating on your building um would uh would you possibly be looking to you guys for uh for that yeah so we we can do a we have window and door system so we do a curtain wall window system and we have security doors um to provide that kind of protection from uh, from hurricanes and tornadoes as well right um so so in usually like as part of the testing they do for that um they do a series of different tests but part of it is they they'll basically take a uh a two by four and they'll shoot at 100 miles per hour at, at our product yeah. to ensure it can withstand the force because that's the most likely projectile in those kinds of events right because typically it's it's some other building nearby that's been devastated and so it picks up the the two by four from the frame of the window and uses that as a projectile. And that's why, you know, when you always see those pictures of hurricanes, tornadoes and see a two by four right through a palm tree, I, it's kind of one of those images that I always sticks in my mind anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they do those kind of, that kind of impact testing. They do small impact and large impact testing. And then they'll do like pressure testing to recreate the kind of um, pressure when those systems are, are passing through or over the buildings. Yeah. They actually set one of those up at uh, Windor one year. <laughs> that was years ago, about 10, 12 years ago. They got the the Windor show going on in Toronto. Uh, this was at the convention center downtown in those days, and uh, the, the the crazy devils brought in brought in the 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 board launcher, right? The 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 two by four launcher to the train. Oh, really? To the train. Wow. <laughs> It literally took a couple of shots and blew up a couple of panes of glass before the <laughs> before the before the show before the facility went. What are you What are you doing? You're smashing glass all over the place. I love, I love that. Like no one had the foresight. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I, this I don't might know. not be. I don't know. Might not be a good idea. <laughs> well, like you know, they brought this stuff in, and of course, no one who works at the facility knows what it is. You know, it's just a, a big machine. You know, just like everything else. And this is what they started doing was 
like they got they got they got shut down pretty quick on that one but uh yeah it, i it i, I hope so <laughs> that's for a number of different reasons like anything could go wrong with like the yeah the two by four being shot or even the glass fragments coming off of that oh they wow. were they were very safe brian they had it they had a nice plexiglass cage around the around the oh, okay point you know and I'm sure the fragments, you know, uh, no more than 10% of them went flying out into the public. It was, oh. Only 10%. That was a funny. Uh, that was long ago. That, that's now, you know, every everyone at Fenestration Canada is much more responsible today. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're not drunk all the time. And that's, you know... It, it, <laughs> It's better now than it, than it used to be. Oh boy, I, I'm 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 having I'm having too much fun with this. And then we're and then we're and then we're going to get into a discussion that I can't laugh through, which is the school thing. Uh, but uh, I, I guess I guess you you, you, you referenced uh, uh, that that there could be a new standard coming out for that. Um, it, now is that something that is that going to be like a a U.S. like like is it going to be yeah, that would be uh, primarily a, 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 or is that going to be a U.S. government thing or a state? No, that would be more of a, more of something that's going to be you'll see in the states. You wouldn't see as much of that in Canada. I mean, um, you really see minimal. You don't see too as much of the ballistic level protection, and, and especially as a wider range of of different applications um, in Canada as you would in the U.S. Um, typically, you see the high level security protection. In, in the Canadian market is typically at a government level, especially you might see in like Ottawa and like parliament buildings, embassies, um, you might see in some of the prison systems or in sometimes in industrial facilities is, is a lot of the common applications where you see that. Um, you don't see as much of that in, in the educational sector, um, but as, as, especially as much as you do see in, in the US as well. Right, right. And um that would be uh and and then when you're when you're doing a a school education application this is uh i guess typically ballistic glazing uh to make sure somebody can't shoot out a a door or something and get into the school if it's locked yeah exactly exactly what's right now what's becoming widely popular is firstly having there's there's obviously a lot of education that's provided in fact we just partnered up with a um, it's a nonprofit organization called PASS, um, Partner Alliance for Safer Schools. And so um, what they're trying to do is trying to provide some guidance and policies, procedures for schools to follow um, to keep them safe. And so the first thing is the most effective way is first you got to have a proper policy procedures. And one of the things they look at focusing on is focusing the 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 entry of schools to one focal point, to one entry point, right? Um, because what often happens in schools, they might have multiple entrances and they, sometimes people keep them open, but what they try to do is try to educate people about having one reception area, um, one point of entry, and then fortifying the security around that area. And then what, a lot of times what we get involved in is building what we call like a security vestibule, which may have that ballistic and blast protection right in the reception area. So you would have an area that when you first walk into the entrance to the school, there would be a security checkpoint where they're validate and verify anyone who wants to enter the, the educational um, facility. Mm -hmm. um, and that would be all protected as well. Sounds like something that, that, that corporations and banks and stuff have, it's, it's kind of, the, they've been doing for a long time, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, but now it's something that it's starting to become a very popular trend within the educational sector. Yeah. Well, they need to do something. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's good. What would, what would you say are the big differences between, uh, 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 doing the security glazing for a school versus doing a, well, a bank to the extent they even do that. I don't even think they care if they get robbed anymore. They just put it on insurance and whatever, but anyways, <laughs> uh, a, a bank and, a, and an embassy, like, like, like how to, how, how, how do security glazing applications differ? How do, how do the, how do the projects differ? Um, so that's a, a, a lot of times <laughs> it is, <laughs> it's a bit broad, but I mean, it, it, it kind of comes back to what we discussed earlier, which is like the threat level. So, um, more so when you look at, um, let's say convenience stores or banks or, um, those types of areas where you're concerned about break and entering robbery, things of that nature. Um, you know, when you, and again, this, this can vary by region as well, but, um, in the specific city, but, uh, generally speaking, the most common weapon for those types of threats is typically going to be handgun for multiple reasons. They're they're easy to conceal, they're easily accessible, they're very widely available, a lot of people own them. And so in those types of applications, you'll more see uh, what, what we call like uh, up to a UL 752 level three. Whereas a, a high level embassy, that would be, you, you're getting into like more your high power rifles. You need to have that higher level of protection. Mm. Um, and some even some of the government applications as well. Mm. So that's kind of, you know, that's one way to kind of segment how you, know, you break down what is different about some of these different applications as well but the framing system you know might be the same uh and the in the glazing will vary depending on the level of protection required getting more interest from uh convenience stores retail in uh in canada on this uh certainly more so retail has become a market segment that's become a little bit more popular um you know canadians aren't known to riot very often but when, <laughs> <laughs> so when well, we only, do only when they only when their team either wins or loses the stanley cup then then then, then, then we, we yeah we are hockey fans so yeah. you never know um so yeah, yeah on a retail side it's starting to see a little bit more on that commercial um front people are looking for something to beef up their security um which you know because it's going to be more a little bit more of an investment to put something secure, enhance your security, um, than the potential of like the damage that can be caused, um, not only from your, your glazing system or from the property that could be stolen from a B and E or a, uh, yeah. a break in uh, entry, right? Yeah. So yeah, the um, so you're looking at your uh you're looking at your uh, uh uh bid you're looking at your proposal it's got security glazing uh, uh on there it wants some kind of uh security element to it um are you going to have to make trade-offs now in terms of what you can provide for low e uh energy efficiency uh for aesthetics for um uh uh, uh sound control uh, all, 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 all these different other aspects that we're considering every time we're, 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 we're doing some glazing. Uh, what, are, what are the impacts on, uh, I guess, on the, on the glass spec overall? Yeah, I mean, I, typically a lot of those uh, compositions and those, those different custom options are available even with bo providing ballistic protection. So you can find options 
where you have your ballistic glazing, but you can add on your low E or some spandrel, um, or if you're looking for something like sound protection, um, those are certainly certainly still achievable with okay. even with using your ballistic glazing, definitely, or even an insulated unit. Obviously, energy conservation and energy efficiency is a huge part of building design nowadays, in particular in Canada, um, because of our cold climate. Um, so it's definitely feasible to have a, a high level ballistic protection and still have, you know, the energy efficiency requirements like your low E or your insulated units. Okay. It's, okay. it's just a bit, it's obviously a bit of a, um, a bigger, a, a more beefier piece of glazing, right? So you have to have the appropriate framing to support that. Right, right. So you have yeah. You're gonna have a thick chunk of lamy in there uh, on your on your insulating glass unit on the, on the, on the one of the surfaces, two of the surfaces, uh, and and uh, yeah, that's that's probably the big consideration, right? Is and then and then whatever whatever else is happening with the frame to get the security rating that you want. Exactly right. Yeah. So, and framing. I mean, there's there's lots of different framing that you can do, um, but you know you can do some types of framing will are designed so that they can um, be adapted to different levels of protection as well. So like our framing, we can do level three with, and we, we specialize in doing aluminum protection, but then it can be reinforced with steel inserts. So if you're looking for protection beyond level, UL752 level three, uh, that depending on what protection level you need, we can put these steel inserts in to provide that extra protection as well. Hmm. There you go. And it has the deep, the deep pockets to support that thicker glass that you might need, whether it's insulated or that higher level protection as well. What kind of, and I, I realize this will depend heavily on the application, but what, what, what kind of price premium are you usually talking about, you know, per square foot or whatever, when, when, when you're going to uh, some kind of a, some kind of ballistic or uh, protection uh, with, with your glazing? Yeah. I mean, there's, because there's so many different makeups and, hard to answer. and yeah. compositions, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a very hard question to answer. Yeah. Um, it's, but, but what's the I, least, I think what's the least you're going to do and what's the most you're going to get into? Um, you, you mean in terms of like, in terms of like pricing, how much more expensive or, is that glass going to be? Because you've now had to have ballistic protection on it. Oh, uh, that's yeah. I mean, it, it really depends on what glazing you're using, the level of protection, how big this, this size of the project is. It, there's just so many variables. It's, it's really hard to kind of put a dead pin answer on that. If I'm honest you with be, you, you could be, you could be way off. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one thing I, I kind of always learn is um, maybe that's because my experience being working in sales, but if you ever put a price out there, people really hold you to it. <laughs> 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 but you told me this i'm like yes but i said that as a guideline but <laughs> so, hey. all right <laughs> yeah i just yeah i just wondered if there was if there was the, the, there was some idea of how much it adds to a project but uh but uh, yeah, yeah you're right there, there, there's so many variables it's probably uh it's probably just impossible to uh to 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 really answer that uh that yeah, i mean it's it's a lot of, when you look at like comparing your standard framing system and glazing versus the, you know, let's say a ballistic system. Um, it's, it's kind of like a lot of the same principles and design, right? It, yeah. It's just beefier. It's just a bit heavier, a bit thicker. Um, but a lot of the design principles like um, are made for glazers. So it's, you know, easy to install and, and it's, there is a, a very large, a large, conception out there that 
you know, to get into ballistic protection is in, insanely expensive and it, it's not necessarily always. Um, it just depends on what you're looking for and what kind of protection you need, to be there, honest. There you go. Uh, give me a war story. What's the, what's the, um, what's the, the highest level of protection you guys have ever had to do? Uh, with the with the with the toughest standards, the, the 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 biggest threats you had to be able to repel. Um. Hmm. So I it, that would definitely have to fall under. Basically, we have a standard specification um, that we provide when we do the embassy work because it it's met to the criteria of the Department of of um, State, and so that's one of the reasons why people come to us when they want a security product is that it's meant to their they're very rigid standards and it's very difficult to meet them. And so, I mean, when you say what specifics, typically when we talk about projects, we don't mention the specific ballistic no, or blast rating it's tested to, but uh, so I couldn't like name any like specific projects. Um, right. But how, how but, did you, how did that, how did, what, what did you have to be able to, to stop? What, what, what was the, what was the threat level that you had to be able to withstand? Um, so, so I would say, yeah, we would definitely have our, our systems would some of the projects that we work on high level government and, and, you know, I'm in Washington, DC and just last night we were actually touring around the city, looking at some of the projects where our products installed. So we went to the Washington monument, the Eisenhower building, cool. uh, we went to NBC studios, um, this is the Smithsonian as well, the Department of Transportation. Um, but a lot of like the very, the federal level government, you're looking at something that requires a UL 752 level eight, which protects like from a AK-47 and then something that also has some blast protection component as well. And the project, the level of the, that protection can vary between projects as well. Wow. But that's, that's, that's government is typically where more so where you see that very high end type of protection where you, more so where you see the blast and ballistic high level protection required how about industrial stuff did do you ever have um um some of the uh like like there must be some pretty high explosive containment uh uh stuff out there that that still needs at least a little window in it to be able to see what's going on inside uh like I, i'm thinking of, well like you mentioned oil and gas and you know i don't i don't know nuclear uh well i guess they're not it's not really explosion they're worried about there usually but uh uh, if, you... if there's an explosion in a nuclear plant, <laughs> we got a bit of a we got a big of a, pro a bit of a problem to worry about. Is it going to help you? <laughs> do Do you ever do radiation resistant stuff, or is that? No, a different... we don't. No. Yeah, that's a completely something. Yeah, that's completely yeah. different kind of ball game. Yeah, that's 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 a coating that uh, that soaks up the little the fast particles. I think is yeah, that's very that's very neat in in quite unique, even more so than what we do. It's quite niche. I to get Rayx on here to talk about that. That's uh that's that's good. Well, listen Brian, I think we've uh I, I I think we've covered it. What a great discussion. Uh very as you can tell, I'm I you know, I'm kind of a nerd about this stuff and I I I really like I really like to think about uh, uh all the all the things you guys have to think about uh when you're when you when you're doing your security glazing and especially the the prospect of getting to uh, to blow up uh, big sheets of glass uh as part of your testing. That's uh that's <laughs> Kind of, that's that's kind of fun but you know what this has been very informative uh i think it's um it's something that our that that that, that our fabricators and our uh, our glazing contractors are going to be asked to think about more um as we as we go forward because uh that just seems to be uh, uh the world we live in to some extent 
Uh, it and, is. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, and even, and even on the hurricane standard side of things, uh, you know, we had a pretty stormy uh, summer this year and, uh, and, and there's, there's considerations there, the whole climate change thing. Um, there's going to be more and more architects, I think, asking for uh, a, a lot more uh, impact resistance out of their, out of their facades than maybe they used to. Um, so yeah. that's, uh, th these are considerations. Well, Brian, if somebody wants to uh, reach out to you and, uh, and ask more questions about all of this, uh, what do they do? Uh, so, yeah, you can, if they want to reach out, they can um, email me. I'll, I'll give them the easiest email. It's marketing at usbp.com. Um, and I can direct any any questions that people may have there, uh, or I'm, I'm happy to share my phone number. Uh, it's 778-986-4942. But happy to, if, if anyone wants to give me a shout and have a little more of a thorough discussion um, about what we do, or if you just have some questions about, you know, how this kind of type of glazing or these systems work, uh, always happy to, to pick up a call and have those kinds of discussions. That website is? And the website is USBP usbp.com fantastic yes brian hansen marketing director at specialty glazing group specialty fenestration group i'm sorry uh <laughs> thank you so much for joining me here on uh on, on on glass talk great talk today absolutely thanks for having us patrick i, I really appreciate it it's a, a good chat very good conversation yeah fun eh <laughs> thanks for listening to glass talk you can find this episode at glasscanadamag.com or on the major podcasting services. Glass Talk is a presentation of Glass Canada Magazine and Annex Business Media.